Praise the Lord. Good to have all of you here. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. And I know that um, we are living in some trying times, some troubling times, if you will, some overwhelming times at times. And um, yet we're thankful for what the Lord has done for us. We are growing apostolic legacy, and I am going to talk tonight, and I know it's us. I know it's Wednesday night. I don't know um, if um, Hyphen will join us. I, I didn't know how many would be here given our camps, but I think we have all <coughs> been very troubled in the last uh, two years or more with all the changes in, um, you know, in, in COVID, in the changes in service times and way we handle it, and then new outbreaks and people, <coughs> new cases and other situations going on and, and sort of a, an unknown moment and I, I was thinking tonight how should we respond and I I went just to the word of the Lord today and <clears throat> tried to figure out a, a, my, our response to the hour in which we're living and what are we going to do for our response and I I know <clears throat> brother Howard um, this picture in the middle I don't know if you can see, it shows ice piled up next to a car, and that was just a few days ago in southern uh, Germany, in what's commonly called Bavaria. Is that, is the microphone going out, or my battery, or? Um, in Bavaria, <coughs> there was this a freak hailstorm, ice storm, that hit and and here in May, and uh, <clears throat> you know, you wonder what's going on. Of course, if you start there and you go, you know, there've been gun protests, and then there's uh, abortion rights and a woman's right to choose and uh, that bottom graph is uh, the surging inflation and what's going on in the world of <clears throat> the money and if you were went by a gas station this week you saw gas jump to over five dollars and and all of <clears throat> all of a sudden the sticker shock the uh, whatever was going on, it just is overwhelming at times. And then, of course, uh, rights that march the protest for uh, individuals that want the freedom to classify their gender as whatever they choose it to be. It doesn't matter uh, what um, they were born, but that's, you know, what they want to do. And, and the backlash of, of all of that, you know, I, 
Uh, I will be candid with you since Target uh, several months ago, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, said that we let you choose which bathroom you go into, um, no matter how it's marked. I, I have not brought my granddaughters back to Target. And I'm just being honest. I, I didn't know who would be in there. And I'm just, that's me. You can do what you want. I'm not saying anything about anybody else. I'm saying it's me. I mean, if it doesn't sell it at Walmart or Rural King or Tractor Supply or wherever else, uh, I, I'm just, I'll wait till it's Sister Elaine's day to have them before I'll go into Target. Uh, because I, I, I'm just, you know, you as a concern, and, and I'm that, that's a concern for me. And I, I put an hourglass, it doesn't show up very well, but that thing in the middle is an hourglass and it shows the last few grains of sand dripping into the bottom. And I truly, truly believe we are living in the last days. Yeah. I do. I truly believe we are living in the final hours. And when you, you hear uh, individuals talk about uh, <clears throat> the, um, you know, buying and selling and Bitcoin and everything electronic and all that's going on, uh, there's enough stressors in this hour to be majorly concerned. How are we gonna to respond to all of that? And then, and I didn't put it down, I didn't make another slide because I didn't wanna overwhelm you with uh, things negative, but then when you consider um, relationships and individuals and stress in families and health, stress and other issues and stress in homes and things going on in your family and fighting and frustration and biting and then you go to the church at large and somebody walks by and doesn't shake your hand and they don't uh, nod and they don't uh, greet you and then you drive down the highway and you know somebody gets mad doesn't want you to pass them and you go on and on and on we are confronted almost daily with a challenge on how are we going to respond how am I going to respond to how I'm feeling in my physical body? How am I going to respond to what's going on in my family? How am I going to respond to all of these issues? How am I going to respond to what's happening in society and the world? And, you know, obviously uh, some of the things maybe uh, there's not much we can do about them and others maybe we make some of the wrong choices but I wanted to look at what the word of the Lord said and Paul who considered Timothy sort of like a son in the gospel <clears throat> wrote two books to Timothy and he ends his first book to Timothy with these words oh Timothy keep he says keep uh, everybody say keep Keep that which is committed to thy trust. 
What was he talking about? Had Paul given Timothy $100,000? You have a trust fund of property? I, I would say it was the word, the spirit, the anointing, something along those lines. I, I would say it was something spiritual would be my guess. And he said, then he says these words, avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely called so. And you know, I talked a few weeks ago about the difference in science and religion and you know, people wanting to say, well, you know, this is not uh, creation and so forth. And he said, avoid avoid all of that. You know, sometimes people just, and, and I think the enemy sends people by just to tap to see if you'll respond. Right. You know, they put something on Facebook or they ask some question and, you know, it's like, zing, cast it out there. Is anybody going to bite? And Timothy, he told Timothy, he said, avoid that. Avoid it. And he said, avoid all of that, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. He said some get caught up in that and, and they could get off track. Grace be to you, uh, grace be with you, amen. Now that's in the King James Version. I wanted to read it in a couple of other versions just so that you would maybe get a complete, well-rounded idea of what was going on. In the message, which my dad often calls uh, the language that his mom used to teach him in, uh, he says, that's mama talk to me. Uh, he says, oh, dear Timothy, guard. Everybody say guard. Guard the treasure you were given. Now, now that's kind of narrowing the focus, treasure. We know we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So he was saying, guard the treasure. Now, how do we guard the Holy Ghost? Hmm. He said, guard it with your life. Avoid, and then this is where, where it gets to be sort of mama talk. He says, avoid talk show religion and the practical confusion of the so-called experts. People caught up in a lot of talk can miss the whole point of faith. Wow, overwhelming grace keep you. Now that's in the message. Now in the Amplified Classic, it goes like this. Oh, Timothy, guard and keep, it uses both guard and keep, that deposit entrusted into you. And so that deposit, as I know, the earnest of our inheritance, and he says, turn away from the irreverent babble and godless chatter with the vain and empty and worldly phrases and the subtleties and the contradiction in what is falsely called knowledge and spiritual illumination. For by making such profession, some have erred or missed the mark as regards to the faith. So in other words, you can get so caught up in the leaves of it all 
that you miss the mark of the faith. What is the faith? The faith is the good news that the Lord came back and you can get so caught up in having to, I'm going to fight this problem and I'm going to make sure I respond to this and I'm going to follow this. Then I quit saying, you know what? God was good today. The Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. He died on Calvary. What a blessing. Forget that. It says, grace, divine favor, and blessing be with you all. Amen. So be it. That was in the classic, uh, amplified classic. Now, he opens his second book to Timothy, very similar vein in the second uh, book of Timothy, the first chapter. He says, for the which cause I also suffer <coughs> these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom, whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Now, now that sounds like a contradiction. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, you guard it, you keep it. Now he says the Lord is able to keep it against that day. But then he goes on to say, hold fast. So guess what? He was telling Timothy, the Lord will keep you, but you got to hold on to him and you got to guard what you have. So it's not just like, well, I can sit down and say, okay, Lord, I want you just to do everything for me and work on me and help me and, and you're able to break this addiction and you're able to break this spirit and you're able to make me where I don't get mad and I don't get angry. No, you're going to have to do something. You just can't back up and say, you know, <clears throat> here, uh, you know, I, my mother reminded me of a story we heard many years ago. I don't know if it was true or not, but she was talking about a man that came into one of our churches in the days when, you know, you had testimony services and people were testifying and everybody was talking about what all the Lord did for them. This guy was the first time ever in an apostolic service and so he got up and he said, I, I got a story. I was on my way to church and I had a flat tire. And the Lord, he got out of the car and he opened the trunk and he got out my spare and he jacked up my car and he fixed my flat. And I drove here tonight and my, my tire's fine. Now ain't that a good one? Because <laughs> he thought, you know, everybody else was telling these wild stories. I'll make up a good wild story. <clears throat> but it's a cooperative effort. You know, it's like the, you know, the guy from the city that saw the farm and said, look at the beautiful fields that God has done. And the farmer said, yeah, but you should have seen him before I helped him. <laughs> you know, as all of you know, you can try to plant a garden and God doesn't do the rest. You can plant a flower bed and God doesn't do the rest. You're going to have to get out there and do some stuff. You know? So now he says he's able to keep that, but hold fast 
that your sound words which you've heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, that good thing which was committed unto you, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. So he says, it's up to me to keep that. That's in the King James Version. The, the message says, I couldn't be more sure of my ground. The one I've trusted in can take care of what he's trusted me to do right to the end. Guard this, it goes on to say, this precious thing that thou hast in your custody by the Holy Spirit which works in us. That was a message. In the Amplified, it says, I am positively persuaded that he is able to guard and keep that which has been entrusted to me, which I have committed to him. Hold fast. That means get a bulldog grip. Follow the pattern of wholesome and sound teaching, which you've heard from me in all the faith and love, which are for us in Christ Jesus. Guard and keep with the greatest care, the precious and excellently adopted, adapted truth which has been entrusted to you by the Holy Spirit who makes his home with us. So when you think of that, and then you realize that Paul to the church in Ephesus wrote in the fifth chapter, see that you walk circumspectly or looking around. Look, don't, don't be asleep, but look around. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And then he said, don't get drunk with wine, wherein is excess. <clears throat> now, not only wine, drugs, whatever you want to put in there, uh, partying, you know, escaping. How many have ever wanted to escape? No, I don't want you to, uh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have made you raise your hand because only three or four of you were honest. How many are ready for it all to be over? No, don't raise your hand, I, you know. Oh, Lord, where's it going to end? Where's it going to stop? I'm overwhelmed. What are we going to do? Anybody felt those things? How much more? How much more can we take? How much more? Brother Richard Lacey doesn't have a car right now. And, and he asked me this morning, he said, Pastor, how much higher can that gas go? How can people stand it? I thought, you don't have a car and you realize how bad it is. All of us that are driving are saying the same thing. How much higher? <clears throat> so he says, redeeming the time, understanding what the Lord's will is, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And then you know what he said, start doing? This is how, what should my response be? Start singing, speaking to yourself in songs and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So you got to start worshiping. You got to start praising the Lord. When you see something that you don't understand, your first response rather than, oh me, has got to be, oh Lord. 
when somebody does something and you just don't understand it, rather than to say, I can't, you know, this is making, just start saying, Lord, I'm going to sing a song. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Huh? I will fear no evil. What are you doing? Well, if we're not careful, <clears throat> we can get so emotionally overwhelmed by what's going on that we quit worshiping. And then the next thing is giving thanks always for the good things. Is that what it says? No, not for the good things. For what? For all things unto God and the Father in the name of our... So what does that mean? Not only do you worship, but you start finding something to be thankful for. I'm thankful I'm still alive. I'm thankful that still breathing. Thankful I'm still in my right mind. Thankful that the Lord is still touching me. So, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Find something. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy is. Thank the Lord for his mercy. You start worshiping, singing, then you start giving thanks, and then he said, the next thing you do is, what is that? Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, how does that, how does submitting yourself to someone help you make the right response in this hour? Because do you know what this hour is designed for? To isolate us. It's designed to pull us away. I know some are watching online. They can't be here. I get it. But if there was ever a moment that this is designed for me to hide behind a wall, to put a wall up, they hurt my feelings. They said something bad. They didn't look at me. They didn't shake my hand. I didn't like what happened. Huh? See, the Lord said it's right, too. You understand? He's going to punctuate it again here before long. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying if there was ever, we've seen it these last two years, and we're seeing it more and more and more, and that is that uh, the pressure, the stress, the stuff, and I just want to get in my cave, pull the covers over my head. So he says, start praising, start worshiping, start singing, and then start submitting. Well, they can't help me. Going to church can't help me. What's that going to do? I'm going to get there, and pastor's going to make me want to move wood into the foyer. I'll have to walk in the rain, go through a different door. I don't want, I, that's just crazy. Huh? Something. And the enemy is able to magnify everything that somebody does or doesn't do. Huh? 
And it, so he said, submitting yourself to one to another in the fear of God. So this is why, that's why the Bible, he told him in another place, he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together and so much the more as you see. <clears throat> now, I understand if you're sick, I'm not asking you to come in here and we will you in a hospital bed. I'm not saying you gotta be here when you're sick. If you're sick, stay home. Be kind to all of us. But what I'm telling you is you can see the handwriting on the wall what the enemy's job has been for all of this. Isolate countries, isolate people. <clears throat> fear, build up fear in our lives. Oh, I'm afraid. I don't know what, I don't want to get out there. I don't want to be exposed. I, and I understand it's real. <clears throat> James went on to talk about it like this. James said when he opened his book, Wherefore, my beloved brother, and let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. <clears throat> Probably already failed two or three out of those first three. Huh? When the pressure gets on. For the wrath of man, that's the 20th verse. I have to, I have to quote that to myself at least once a week that no matter how I get it, does not work the righteousness of God. And then he goes on and says, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. You can look all those words up in the Greek. In fact, you should if you don't know what they mean in the old King's English. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Remember I talked about God speaking Sunday. And then he goes into the famous verses that say, be doers of the word, not hearers only, because it's not enough just to hear it on Wednesday night. It's not enough to hear it on Sunday morning unless we do it. If you're just a hearer and not a doer, it's like looking in a mirror and then forgetting what you've seen. And he says, whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man is blessed in his deeds, but be a doer of the work. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, if any man among you seem to be religious, now this is the test. What's my response? You can't bridle your tongue You do for others less fortunate and you keep yourself unspotted from the world. Now let me just tell you, most of us haven't passed all of those. Huh? And especially when there's stress and problems. And most of us don't pass that. Well, I, I have not complained about the gas. I've not complained about the price of bacon. I've not. Most of us can't say that. I, I don't always break out into a song. 
I don't go to the gas pump, put in 20 gallons of gas and see it bust $100 and I go, the Lord is my shepherd. I read the little sign next to the pump where it shows the president saying, I did this. And I don't break out in a song and I don't pray for him. I'm just being honest, maybe you do. I'm talking about my response in this hour. Huh? So, can I tell you that failing this is another one of the tricks of the enemy? Because when you fail, how do you feel? It's us here on Wednesday night. When you fail, of course I know you all have never failed in any of these things, but let me just tell you, I feel condemned. The Holy Ghost, you know, I walk away and I say, oh Lord, I was supposed to pray. When that guy cuts me off, when this happens, when that happens, I'm, I'm supposed to go, oh Lord, bless him. And I don't always do it. I'm just being honest. And you feel condemnation. And John talked about this. said, hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I know he said brethren, not everybody else. said, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's one thing to say, oh yeah, I love you, but I'm not going to do anything for you. Hereby we know we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, what does he say? God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. So if the enemy can get me overwhelmed and I mess up, I, I do whatever, and then the Holy Ghost quickens me, and rather than to repent and start singing, then I go through an hour of, I'm never going to learn this lesson. Huh? And it's, I lose my confidence in God because I remember I said, you're going to guard it, Lord. And then I go, yeah, but I didn't guard it. And then I feel bad. And you've got to, at some point, he said, I, I asked the question, when our heart is condemned from what we have done or from what has been done, guess what? The focus takes it off of God and now it puts it on me. When am I going to learn? I'm never going to get this right. I've tried and I've tried and I can't get it. I can't beat it. Our response can't be that either. There's a ditch on both sides of the road. 
If you feel the Holy Ghost quicken you to, you know what, you messed up there, then, you know, what do they say? Mess up, fess up, and then worship. Just be real. Oh God, help me. Get me back where I need to be. I want to sing a song. <laughs> you brought me out of the miry clay. You set my feet on the rock to stay. You don't have to take two weeks to do it. Uh, let, me, let me read it to you in the message. Just, I'm not going to read the Amplified, but let me read it to you in the message. My dear children, let us not just talk about love, let's practice real love. This is the only way you'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism. Let me tell you something. The devil, one of his names is the accuser of the brethren. You have to realize that if he can't get you overwhelmed, he will get you attacking yourself. If you stop attacking them, but you start attacking yourself, guess what? You're still not praising God. You, you see what I'm saying? And you say, well, I don't have any problem. I'm, I'm perfect. Well, then you're probably going to start attacking somebody else if you think you're perfect because the rest of us don't measure up to that. He says, even when there is something to it, even when you, 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 know, you say, well, but it's true that I really did mess up. I got mad again. Even when there's something to it, you still got to repent, get off of it. It's got to be our response. We got we to move from A to B to C to I'm praising God. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. And friends, once that's taken care of, and we are no longer, notice the phrase, accusing or condemning ourselves. We are bold and free before God. That's the whole key. That's our response. If he can get you overwhelmed, at, attack somebody else, great. He's got you focused off of God. If he can get you attacking yourself, great. He's got you. Huh? And we have to guard this treasure. How? Because guess what? I don't know why he gave me the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for my mom and dad living for God, but I don't know why we go back to their families and their family. I don't know why. What a privilege it is. You see, when we are accusing or condemning ourselves, we're not free to be bold. We lose our confidence in God. What do you mean bold? Bold to God. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need you to move. Lord, I need you to touch. Whether it's praying for somebody or witnessing, you know, because somebody will say, well, I thought you were a Christian and you don't, you don't act any better than I do. You know, you look at them and say, you're exactly right. If it were not for the grace of God, I wouldn't have a chance. But guess what? That same grace that's able to help me is able to help you too. Yeah. 
Why don't you get in and pray for me? Huh? Say, well, you know, because when we are bold, we feel like witnessing. When we are, when we have a, a, all the condemnation is gone, I feel like worshiping. I feel like praising God. Everybody in here on Wednesday night knows if you've been doing things, if you've been having anger, you've been frustrated, you know, you want to come into church. I don't deserve to be here. I don't, huh? I get it. But let me tell you what you got to quickly do in this hour. Dump that at the altar. Repent. Pray through. Get up. Go on. Say, Lord, it's over. I'm going to worship you now. A righteous man falls seven times, but he keeps getting up. First Peter, the third chapter says, who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But if ye suffer for righteousness sake, don't talk to him right now, mom, leave him on. If you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. Be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Everybody say meekness and fear. That's an important thing. What is he saying? We ought to be always ready to tell somebody about what's giving us the strength to make it in this hour. When somebody says, doesn't this just make you sick? Say, yeah, but you know what? The Lord's been good. And they go, well, how are you saying that? I didn't say you got to go shake them and say, well, you're an idiot for getting upset about it. You understand? He said, but be ready to give them an answer. This is the hour that our light should shine. When people are at the gas pump talking about all this, just say, you know what? One thing I can say, I'm sure glad I'm alive. I'm sure glad the Lord's reached out and touched me. Well, they'll think I'm stupid. You know what? This is the hour. Let them think. Yes. We have something better than this. I have a treasure in earthen vessels. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your conversation in Christ, for it is better if you do the will of God if you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Now, that's a King James. The message says, if you with heart and soul, you are doing good. Do you think that that you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. I know, well, but you know, you see them protesting this and you see this going on and you, you know what? It's all right. The Lord is still in control. Yes. 
Well, they're trying to convict this one, or they're trying to, you know what? The Lord puts them up, takes them down. Does that mean you can't vote? No, vote. Does that mean you can't follow it? No, follow it. But don't let it get in your spirit because it'll try to drain your Holy Ghost. Huh? Because you will have an emotional response that is not love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temper. Huh? Don't give it a second thought through thick and thin. Keep your hearts at attention. In adoration before Christ. That's who you've got to keep going. That's what our response to this hour is. Lord, you are great. You are great. I've been praying that more than I've prayed it ever in my life. It's the only way I'm keeping myself from saying something I shouldn't. Huh? Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you all are and always with the utmost courtesy. You don't have to beat somebody up and tell them about, he said, with meekness and fear in the King James. In the message it says, with the utmost courtesy, with kindness, Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing they're the ones who need a bath. Ooh. It's better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants than to be punished for doing bad. Later, earlier in that same chapter, Simon Peter said it like this, and I'm just going to read it in the King James, but it says it like this. Be a, and, and this is why it's hard for me to do this. This is why I put the fail mark. Have compassion, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. That pitiful means be humble. Not rendering evil for evil, railing for railing, contrary wise, a blessing. Oh, I don't want, I want to bless them out, all right. Huh? How should we be responding? I bless you. You know why? Because they don't have any relief. That guy that's short with you has no place to feel the presence of the Lord. Oh, how thankful I am for what God has done for me and given me. What a service we had Sunday morning, Sunday night. Oh, thank you, Lord. Huh? I had two hours relief already this week. Three hours prayer just for a moment. I didn't worry about what was going on in Ukraine or, huh? Just enjoy the presence of the Lord. knowing that hereunto you were called that you should inherit a blessing. So how could I not give a blessing? If every time I gave away $100, somebody gave me 1000 can I tell you what all y'all would get here tonight? Huh? 
You say, well, I don't, I don't, it's not happening. I know I'm not talking about in the literal, but imagine if that was true in the literal, right? If somebody came to you and said, here, here's a stack of $100 bills. Every one you give away, I'm going to give you 10 more. Would you have trouble giving those away? No, nor would I. Man, I mean, I'm not going to go, wow, look here. Here's $10,000 in hundreds. I'm going to be, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be thinking, I could have a million dollars. I could have a million dollars by the end of the night. Huh? I mean, it, So this is why the Lord said, I want to bless you. You ought to be able to. And this is why he told the parable, you remember, of the guy that forgave this man so much money and then he turned around and somebody owed him 20 bucks. He had him thrown in jail. As blessed as we've been, as blessed as I am, Oh, how can I not be kind and blessed? That's my response in this hour. For he that will love life, see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, his lips from those things that speak. <laughs> uh, let him refrain his tongue from evil, his lips that speak no guile or deceit. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace, ensue it, pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against all of them that do evil. So what Simon Peter was basically saying in this third chapter was, we should all be living differently than everybody else in the world. We should be responding differently. People ought to see our response and go, something's different about you. Okay? Now, you, it's okay to tell people what's different about you. But do it with courtesy. Do it with meekness and fear. Don't go, well, you know why you're all afraid? Because you're not living for God. If you'd be living for God like me, well, bless the Lord, you wouldn't be feeling that. That's not very much courteous. <laughs> you understand? That's not a lot of meekness and fear. You know, that's why Paul said in 2 Thessalonians, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Why? Because it's easy to get worn out in this hour. Amen? And this is why our conscience, and, and I could teach a whole lesson on our conscience and our conscience because it, when, we, when we do wrong, the Holy Ghost begins to convict our hearts and our conscience and we begin to feel bad and we withdraw. But this is why Paul told him in 2 Corinthians as he opened up this book, for our rejoicing is in this, that the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but with the grace of God, we've had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you. In the message it says, now the worst is over. We're pleased that we can report that we've come out of this with conscience and faith intact. 
Keep cleaning your conscience. If you've done something, get it washed in the blood that we can face the world even more importantly, face it with your heads held high. It wasn't any fancy footwork on our part. It wasn't because of who we are, but it was God who kept us focused on him uncompromised. What are you saying? The Amplified said it like this. For the reason of, uh, let me finish the message. Reason for the pride and exultation to which our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world generally and especially toward you with devout and pure motives and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, the unmerited favor and merciful kindness of the Lord exerting his holy influence on our souls. Turn them to Christ, keep strengthening and increases them in Christian virtue. So our job is to keep cleansing our conscience by repenting, by washing, and then, then get up and start worshiping and setting some new boundaries. I may have to set a new boundary. I may have to, you know, all of a sudden pray through, uh, take an extra five minutes before I leave for work. I may have to do something else to refocus my mind. Why? I'm setting a new boundary. Why? Because I'm guarding this treasure that I have in my heart. Later on in 2 Corinthians, he said, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, when we receive mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending every man's conscience in the sight of God. The end of our conscience the end of this commandment is charity, is love out of a pure heart and a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Last thing he told Timothy in his first book, and we all remember it, he said, in the latter times, some are going to depart from the faith. You know why? Because they're going to give heed to seducing spirits. If the enemy can suck you in to anger, to frustration, to fear, to anxiety, to worry. Huh? To hurt. He's got you. And you say, but pastor, it's really real. There's really COVID. I agree. It's really there. I agree. But he said, seducing spirits. Why do I call it a seducing spirit? Because can I ever adequately protect myself if I wear five masks, get an oxygen tank, stay in my house, and die of a heart attack? Huh? I'm not saying not to be cautious. I'm not saying not to wear a mask. Listen to me carefully. I'm not saying don't do your best to wash your hands. I wash them like I've been handling habanero peppers and I'm putting in contacts. I scrub them. 
I'm not saying don't do any of that, but don't let the spirit of that hour, huh? Seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. You say, well, I don't know if my conscience is seared. And you know what? We're living in an hour where people, they don't know right from wrong. It's like they have no judgment. How could you even think it's right to take a gun and go into a school and shoot innocent people? How could you even think that's right? Somewhere, a conscience was seared you understand? So if you don't know, you say, well, I don't know if my conscience is right. Ask somebody living for God. We got a lot of elders. Ask a spiritual leader. Go on a search through the Bible. Find out what God said. Whatever you do, don't turn it over to Facebook and ask them. I don't think they have a conscience. Huh? What should our response be? I'm going to keep singing. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep going to God. Why? Because that's what this hour demands. It's what this hour demands. Demands that I, that the church, that all of us who have this treasure, Get our conscience washed. Don't accuse ourselves. Don't condemn yourself. Don't accuse others. Don't condemn others. Don't accuse them. Don't condemn yourself. You understand? But it's to praise the Lord. Let's stand. We're glad you're here. Glad all of you are with us. <clears throat> We're living in an hour where there's always somebody to blame, somebody to get mad at. Something that'll frustrate you. You can't drive from here through downtown without having to go through 42 different one ways. Road closes. Huh? One issue after another. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to say, Lord, you are a good God. Lord, you're doing so good. I thank you, Lord. Let's do that. Let's thank him right now. Let's raise our hands. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you, Jesus.